I would now like to introduce Diane, who will introduce our Alateen speaker. Diane. Hi, everybody. I'm Diane, and I'm the... Hi, Diane. <laughs> I'm the Alateen sponsor here in Casper. And uh, our next speaker uh, is a real example that Alateen works. Jerry. Hi, I'm Jerry, and I'm an Alateen. Um, <laughs> speechless. No. Um, alcoholism affected me a lot. I was a very, very sick child when I came into Alateen. Um, <clears throat> my father's drank most of my life that I can remember. <clears throat> and I remember a lot of the sickness. And I have the exact attitude of my father. I'm so much like him, we can't get along sometimes. <laughs> um, if I wasn't in Alateen, if I hadn't have come into Alateen, I would probably reach the doorsteps of AA. I have this exact attitude of an al alcoholic. <laughs> and sometimes I resent that. Um, because I always said I hated my father, which I don't. But um, gotta do something. Um, I always swore to God I'd never be that way. Unfortunately, I was exactly like that. Um, I knew there was something wrong with me. I knew because I wasn't normal. When I went over to my friends' houses, it wasn't like my household. The, you know, us kids fought, knocked down, drag out fights. I have three sisters, two older than me and one younger, and a younger brother. And I love them all very dearly. I don't get along with them all all the time, but <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, I was always, you know, I'm the middle child. And right off the bat, you know, that's something wrong. I was always too young to mess around with the older two, and I was always too old to mess around with the younger two. So I was always hung in between. And where do I go? You know. Um, <clears throat> today I can see how much I was affected by the alcoholism and yeah it is a family disease um, I knew I wasn't normal because normal kids don't dream about pushing their dad down the stairs and saying well he was drunk he tripped you know um, and I used to try to think of ways to kill my father and I used to pray at night, take him away, you know. Um, I hated living with it. I thought God had given me a real nice deal. What did I ever deserve this, you know? It's just a child, you know. And parents gave me a rotten name, my father. <laughs> I mean, if I tell you guys, don't laugh at my name, please. Geraldine Bernice. <laughs> And I, um, you know, stuck with that at the beginning. I mean, I didn't have any hope. Um, now I inherit my father's nose, too. Um, yeah. uh, 
I always knew I was different. There was something different about me. I had a big mouth. Still do. Um, my mouth got me into a lot of trouble. Um, usually, no one would ask my opinion, but I'd tell it anyway. Figured they would really want to know. Um, usually didn't, but that was okay. Um, got into a lot of fights about my mouth. Got me into trouble in school. Got me in trouble at home. Um, but a lot of it was just screaming, you know, pay attention to me, please. Because I always thought I was unloved. Nobody loved me. I thought I was adopted or something because I was so different. <laughs> um, I'm too much like my father to be adopted, though. Um, I have a poem here that when I came into Alateen, that was me. <clears throat> I'd like to read it. Uh, I typed this, so there's going to be some errors in it, so I'll have to kind of try to figure out what I wrote. Um, it, I don't know who it's written by. It's anonymous. And I got it from a very beautiful Al-Anon from Colorado. And it says, Please hear what I'm not saying. Don't be fooled by me. Don't be fooled by the mask I wear. For I wear a mask. I wear a thousand masks. Masks I'm afraid to take off. And none of them are me. Pretending is an art that's second nature with me. But don't be fooled. For God's sake, don't be fooled. I give you the impression that I'm secure, that all is sunny and unruffled with me, within all, within as with, okay, we'll go, we'll start over. <laughs> I give you the impression that I am secure, that all is sunny and unruffled with me, within as well as without. The confidence that is my name and coolness my game, that the water is calm and I am in command, and that I need no one, but don't believe me, please. My surface may seem smooth, but my surface is, a, is my mask, my ever-varying and ever-concealing mask. Beneath lies no smugness, no complacence. Beneath dwells the real me in confusion, in fear, in aloneness, but I hide this. I don't want anybody to know it. I panic at the thought of my weakness and fear being exposed, that why I frantically create a mask to hide behind, a nonchalant, sophisticated facade to help me pretend, to shield me from the glance that knows, but such a glance is precisely, precisely my salvation, my only salvation, and I know it. That is, if it's followed by acceptance, if it's followed by love, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the only thing that, I can, liber that can liberate me from from myself, from my own self-built prison walls, from the barriers that I so painstakingly erect. It's the only thing that will secure me of what I can assure myself, that I am really worth something. But I don't tell you this. I don't dare. I'm afraid to. I'm afraid you'll think less of me, that you'll laugh, and your laugh would kill me. I'm afraid that deep down I'm nothing, that I'm just no good, and that you will see this and reject me. So I play my game, my per desperate pretending game, with a facade of assurance without and a trembling child within. And so begins the parade of mask, the glittering but empty parade of mask, and my life becomes a front. I audibly chatter, chatter to you in a suave tones of surface talk. I tell you everything that is nothing, and nothing of what is everything, of what crying within me. And so when I'm... So when I'm through my routine, do not be fooled by what I'm saying. Please listen carefully and try to hear what I'm not saying. 
what I'd like to be able to say, what for, for, what for survival I need to say, but what I can't say. I dislike hiding, honestly. I dislike the superficial games I'm playing, the superficial phony game. I'd really like to be genuine and spontaneous in me, but you've got to help me. You've got to hold out your hand, even when that's the last thing I seem to want or need. Only you can wipe away from my eyes the black stare of the breathing dead. Only you can call me into aliveness. Every time you try to understand because you really care, my heart begins to grow wings, very small wings, very feeble wings, but wings. With your sensitivity and sympathy and your power of understanding, you can breathe, li you can breathe life into me. I want you to know that. I want you to know how important how you are to me, how you can be a creator of the person that is me if you choose to. Please choose to. You alone can break down the wall behind which I tremble. You alone can remove my mask. You alone can release me from my, my shadowy world of uncertainty, from my lonely prison. It will not be easy for you. A long conviction of worthlessness builds strong walls. The nearer you approach me, the blinder I may strike back. It's irrational, but despite what the books say about man, I am irrational. I fight against the very thing that I cry out for. But I, but I am told that love is stronger than the strongest walls. And in, the, in, and in this lies my hope, my only hope. P please try to break down those walls with firm hands, but with gentle hands. For a child is very sensitive. Who am I, you may wonder? I am someone you know very well, for I am every man you meet and every woman you meet. That was me. Every time someone tried to love me, I pushed back. And that's all I wanted was to be loved. I had one of the best Dalatine groups in the world. I had quite a few. And they beat down those walls sometimes very hard. Sometimes I walked out of meetings screaming and yelling and hollering, I'm not going to do this, and this is all a bunch of baloney. <laughs> um, but thank God someone heard what I wasn't saying. Um, I love Alateen. It's my life. For a long time, my mom couldn't understand that. And I know God is there. Boy, do I know he's there. About a couple of months, I guess three, four weeks ago, we went to a convention in Denver, and my mom said, been in al 15 years, and I caught it. And it was pretty beautiful. It's kind of neat to watch your mom grow, and she's pretty beautiful. Um, I was very sick. My insanity was very, very big and vivid. And um, a little part of my insanity, to tell you how crazy I was, I used to think about suicide, make them pay, <laughs> I'd feel so guilty, but the bad thing about it, I wouldn't be around to enjoy it. <laughs> so I never did. That's one of the things that, you know, saved me. I always thought that was funny. Um, sick? Ooh, I was sick cookie. Um, still am. I have a long way to go. I hope I never get well, because I don't want to leave Alateen. <laughs> Um, or Al-Anon. I, I think Al-Anon's a very beautiful program. And I just started going to Al-Anon meetings last Thanksgiving around there. 
It's a very beautiful program. I can learn a lot from those ladies that I thought I hated. Oh, I didn't even say I love Al-Anon's, isn't it? Well, <laughs> even the AAs. I always knew I liked the AAs. I really did. Um, they, they, um, they were pretty neat. I loved their stories, you know, and I could really relate to the AA. Um, but the Al-Anon, I don't know. I had something in the back of my mind. Well, if you would have been a better wife or a better husband, you know, they wouldn't have to go drink. Um, <laughs> what a fool I was. Um, oh, sick. That describes my childhood. My childhood, I grew up very fast. I didn't have much of a childhood. I'm trying to relive it now. Um, sit there and walk down the street holding hands with my best friend, you know, and that's what you used to do in kindergarten. <laughs> I never did that, so I have to do it now. Um, I had to grow up. No choice. And I always resented my older sister, Christina, for this, because she was the oldest. She was supposed to be doing all the things I did. Um, taking care of my brothers and sisters. Always been, quote, quote, quote the responsible one. Um, and, oh, I hated that. <laughs> I, I would love to get in trouble just so they could say, boy, that was irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I hated being the responsible one. And I was always more, always more mature, quote, quote, than my older two sisters. But I was never allowed to do what they were able to do. And, boy, that made me mad. Talking the phone for an hour, and that made me mad. You know, <laughs> Now I get to. <laughs> And my little sister now, she's um, <clears throat> 15. She's not my little sister anymore. She's grown up. And um, she gets to talk on the phone for an hour now, too. <laughs> but um, I hated my brothers and sisters. I really did. Why was I the one? Why was I the only one that felt this way? You know, I'd ask them if they felt this way, of course. No. You know. And so I thought I was the only one. I didn't know that Someone else felt like killing their dad, you know, or their alcoholic, whoever it may be. You know, someone else felt like killing themselves. It just wasn't worth it anymore. You know, I thought I was the only one. And to walk in a room full of people, and they say, I felt that way too. Wow, that's neat. I'm not the only one. I always fitted in reality. I started when I was 10. I've been in seven years. I'm 17 now. Uh, <laughs> feels good when you're 17, you know, when you've been 16 and 15. Feels good. <laughs> it, it does, you know. I don't know what you people have against being 60 and 61 years old. I can't wait till I get there. If I can be like you guys. Um, oh, for the exception of Paul. But, you, know. <laughs> you got a few that don't make it. No, I love Paul dearly. I do. I love him dearly. A um, little bit of a kook. I guess that's why I love him so much. Um, now back to what I was saying. Um, Alateen, I, I knew I fitted in. I was somewhere I fitted in. And I never fitted in anywhere else. You know, um, I was always an oddball, you know. <laughs> I always liked, you know, the kids would like the really hard rock, you know, and I'd like the mellow music. <laughs> and I was always an oddball, I thought. You know, I never drank. For a long time, I didn't smoke. <laughs> and um, 
I, I never had the, and you know, I saw what it did. I knew what it did, and I knew I didn't want any part of that. I, I saw that destroy, and I knew that was a very, very powerful drug, and I knew I didn't want that. I knew that from a very young age. When I would see my father throwing up blood and then want another drink, no way, uh-uh. I couldn't understand that for a long time. So someone said it was an illness. And then when they said I was sick too, I said, you're crazy. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm all right. I just do all these crazy things out of normal. Um, literally trying to kill my brothers and sisters. You know, and I believe there is a God because quite a few times he stopped me. I would want to kill. Hate. And the biggest person I hated more was me. Ooh. I, I was so rotten. I caused all this. I'm so powerful. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I thought that for a long time, too. <laughs> um, but, oh, hate. For a long time, that's all I ever knew. I never knew what love meant. And love wasn't, for a long time, showed in my, our household. And I didn't know what that word was. You know, I heard people say it, you know, and I, and I read, you know, the quote, quote, kids' books on it. You know, those... Um, I can't think of any of the names that I read, but you know those dirty books that you read? And that's love. It's called lust. But um, I thought for a long time that's what love was, you know. And um, I didn't want anything to do with that. And for a long time I didn't like boys. I ain't getting married. No way. I still say that today. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm going to write it down on my marriage license. I'm not getting married. <laughs> but... um. You know, I didn't want anything to do with love. It meant someone had to get to know me. And I was such a terrible person. So horrible. Um, how could anyone love me? I couldn't even love myself. Oh, I hated myself. If I wouldn't have done this, then it wouldn't have been this way. You know, I figured I was being punished. You know, literally punished by God because I had done something wrong somewhere along the line that wasn't right. And I was being punished. Today, my God's not that way. He's a pretty neat friend. Um, when I came into Alateen, for about four years, I didn't do anything but fool around with the program. Decided to rewrite the steps. Didn't think they did a good enough job. And I was so powerful, I could do this. <laughs> but I decided to rewrite the steps and work them my way so I didn't have to do anything. And four-step, definitely no way. You don't need to do that one at all. That meant you had to look at yourself, and I was too rotten to look at. And, oh, yes, man, did I tell a good story in the meeting? Boy, I was really, I was really good, man. I was a great con. But then again, I had the best teacher in the world, my father. <laughs> con you off the pants on your back, or on your legs, I guess. But uh, my dad's a great con, and I learned well. And, oh, I could con my brothers and sisters doing anything for me. Give me money. Anything. I'm so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I still find myself conning my brothers and sisters just to see if I can do it. <laughs> if I haven't forgotten. <laughs> Sickness. So I still have a long way to get well, yes. Um, but I did write the, re the 12 steps. I rewrote those 12 steps. Because they are serious business. And they told me I had to work them. And 
another human being I scratched out. I was another human being, so, you know, I could just tell myself. Um, and God, I didn't really think he would want to know anyway. He knew already, so why do I have to repeat to him what he already knew? So I didn't feel I had to do the fourth step. <coughs> and came to believe that a power greater than myself, second step, um, I was really pretty powerful, so, you know, it was kind of hard to find something powerful, more powerful than me. So um, I kind of didn't worry about a higher power. I, I knew there was something there, though. I did. But see, when I prayed to him, like I wanted a bicycle one time, that my sister had gotten a bicycle, and I wanted a bicycle. And I'd asked God for it, and he didn't give it to me, so I figured, well, forget it. <laughs> and I prayed for him to sober my dad up, and he didn't do that either, so I just... You know, he's not really there, so or he doesn't care about me. But I, I always was really fearful of the heaven and hell, you know, that church Bible that they give us. And um, I had an image of him up there with this little big black book with my name on it and said Jerry. And um, when I did something wrong, it checked. And I knew I had a lot of checks on that one side, you know, and... <laughs> So I figured I was going there anyway, so I might as well live it up. And um, so that was my image of God, and I really didn't need him. We did do the geographical move, and we moved to Casper, Wyoming. And we're from originally Rockford, Illinois, and that's not too far from Chicago. And I don't want to move to Hicktown, USA, <laughs> my opinion of Wyoming. I hated cowboys. I hated cowboy hats, you know. <laughs> I hated blue jeans. I never wore blue jeans till I came out here. I hated Wyoming. Oh, I liked it when we visited it, but man, I didn't want to move here. <laughs> and I was determined not to like it. Determined. First day of school, I see drugs being passed. That blew it right there for school. Um, I got good grades. I did manage to get pretty good grades. And um, somehow, I don't know, sometimes. But um, I did manage to keep my grades, and, oh, I hated it out here. Ooh, we didn't live out here very long. Then we moved to Mitchell, Nebraska, which is about 2,000 population. And, I mean, I'm used to big, big, you know, country. And for some reason, I, I somehow along the line, I changed my opinion. And I, they didn't have Alateen out here. And I was going to Alateen back home in Illinois, and they didn't have Alateen out here, so I was away from Alateen for quite a number of months, and I still had an Alateen friend I wrote to, and even I, I feel that they knew that something was different because there was an Alateen program, so I'm sure that they knew that something was wrong just by my attitude, and I feel my attitude did change a little bit. I, I had come to the realization that alcoholism was a disease. You know, I, I did understand that, and I even could admit that I was affected by it. Not very well, you know, I was affected by the disease of alcoholism, you know. <laughs> and so it was um, hard. I still had a hard time with, I'm sick. Um, but I, you know, did come to the realization that it was a disease, and I could accept that. My father was sick, and I wouldn't treat my father the way I treated my father if he had a kidney disease or a heart disease or cancer 
or leukemia the way I treated my father with the disease of alcoholism, which I am ashamed to, you know, admit how I treated him. Um, I told my father quite a few times to drop dead, and unfortunately never listened to me. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad he didn't. But um, quite a number of times I just flat out told him to drop dead, and. Um, my dad wasn't at home a lot. He was always off in the hospital, getting well. And that affected me. Um, I can remember my dad never remembered one of my birthdays, except last year and this year, which I'm grateful for. And um, that hurt a lot. I can remember one time there was a birthday cake sitting on the kitchen table in Illinois, and he was drinking again. And um, he asked whose birthday it was. Or, or somebody birthdays, you know, and, and that really hurt. And it was like, you don't care. <coughs> My mom tried to manage. God, she's a good manager. <laughs> Woo! Oh, she's, she was um, close second to me in sickness. And um, we had a long, hard struggle to where we're at today. And I love it sit there and I'll get in mad and my mom will sit there and laugh at me and I'll get madder. You know, and that's how she's learned to deal with me. Um, but we moved to Nebraska and I didn't go to Alateen right away. Um, I don't know why, I just didn't. And then finally I started going and boy, this group was sick. Well, I was going to teach them how to get well. But I mean, I had been away from Alateen quite a while. You know, and, and I, you know, it's real easy. You get away from the program and you fall back real quick. And um, I heard a man explain once that with the alcoholic, even though they're not drinking, they can stop drinking for 15 years, but the disease progresses as if they were drinking for 15 years. And I agree with that for the Alateens, too. If I miss meetings for nine months, that disease catches up for nine months, you know, of the time that I was going to the meetings. And I was really sick, and boy, I got in there, and I controlled all and we got a sponsor who told me exactly what I was doing. And, oh, I hated her guts. Whew. Man, this lady is doing something wrong. I tried to get her out of the Alateen group, I mean. And thank God that I didn't. And um, I really started in controlling and tried my darndest. And it didn't work. God definitely put a halt to me. I had to have power and I couldn't. So I decided, well, I don't need this. And then a late, this lady told me that I needed to work my steps. And I said, I already did them. You know? <laughs> I'm Joe Cool. And um, she said, oh, yeah? How'd you do the fourth one? I said, by myself. <laughs> she said, did you ever read the fourth one? Or, yeah. You know, a very smart, smart, smart attitude. Someone was going to nail me, and I knew it. And I was scared. Because I was so sick that I was to the point I wanted to be nailed, but not really. You know, that's exactly what I wanted, but I wasn't really willing to let it happen. So this lady nailed me with quite a few of other kids, and um, I proceeded to get well for a year. It took me a year even after that. So by this time, I'm around five years around the program. I do my steps. I'm walking on a high. 
I'm closer to God than I've ever been in my life. And I love it. My home life is still very, very sick at home. And I'd walk, you know, and this attitude with the faces and masks, you know, there'd be a lot of times I'd walk into an Alateen meeting and, oh, you know, everything's beautiful. The minute I set foot in that house, immediate change, immediate change. You know, and it wasn't that I wasn't getting anything out of the Alateen meeting. I was. I just wasn't using any of it. You know, you know, we can sit in meetings all day long, but unless we use something out of those meetings, they're not doing us much good. And this was one of my problems. And I did my steps. And I gave my life and my will over to the care of God. And when I did this, an AA told me, hang on, because you're in for one hell of a ride. And I have been ever since. <laughs> um, my home life was still very, very bad. And God had to get me over in this corner and get my family over in this corner in order to work. And I was very tempted to leave home. I was trying my hardest and just to work my program, nothing else. N you know, really getting out, not controlling, letting go of my family. But it's hard to watch them die. And this is something I couldn't deal with. So I had to take an inventory on this. And it turned out that I wanted power again. You know, and I still have a big thing. I like power. I like to be in control of situations. And I'm getting better, as we slowly do, and sometimes too slow. I love that saying, God grant me patience now. <laughs> and that's how I am. I want the patience, you know. And, and then again, you know, watch out what you pray for, because God will give you a fun time having patience. <laughs> Boy, he'll make you have patience one way or another. So don't ever pray for, give me, God grant me patience, because he'll give it to you. And... Um, that's something else I've learned to watch what I pray for because I usually end up getting it <laughs> and it's not always in the way I wanted it but um, God, God's good and God's great you know I love that he is in my life my family I'm watching them really get well my dad came home and God we didn't even fight we even put a puzzle together <laughs> I'm into this puzzle freaking right now I like to do you know all black or all red and we did a puzzle together, and we didn't even fight, you know. And miracle. And I'm grateful for that. I love my dad and my parents and my brothers and sisters very dearly. And today I can say I even love myself. I'm not so bad. And I don't have to hate anymore. That hating got so terrible. And when you hated yourself, worst of all, it was even worse. I always thought I was unlovable, and I'm finding out today I am lovable. And I meet people in the program, and the man who spoke last night, even he, I had to go up to my room and be alone, because he nailed, you know, just what he says. I've heard it before, and, and it be, you know, tons and tons of times ago again. But once in a while, you know, I click, and I say, yeah. And so I do love the conventions. I love being here. And I, I don't know why, but I was really nervous about speaking. This isn't the first time I spoke. But Dewey over here tells me I'm going to be speaking in, in front of 300 people. You know, I'm going, dang, send me away. You know, and look, you know, there ain't 300 people here. There's nothing to get worried about. <laughs> but, you know, even that's okay. But Alice is great.
analogies help me a lot. It's brought me, it's given me something I never have bef- had before, and that was an opportunity for life. And I'm grateful for that. It's given me a power. power. You know, I've come to believe that God is great. And he does everything in my life. I, I do go to church, and I love my church. And I can take my church with me, and I can take my team with me, and be very happy. Some people can't do this. You know, I understand. For a long time, I couldn't either. And um, I just love being here. It's so great. You know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. As sick as I was, and as okay as I am now, it had to be something greater than me, because what I did with my life, or what I would have chosen to do with my life, would have never been up here speaking to you on Alateen. I was forced to go to Alateen by my mother with my sisters, and I got in a very funny way. I had to stay after school one night with a teacher who knew about my family problem at home. And this is in fifth grade. And he, he is trying to get me to talk to him of what is really inside. <laughs> and no way am I going to do this. And I say, I have to go. I have to go to an Alateen meeting. <laughs> Mr. Packus, he is a beautiful teacher, fifth grade teacher, still is. I haven't seen him since we moved out here in my seventh grade year. And he is one of the first ones to start me on my road to recovery. I've made it in spite of myself. I don't say yes, you know. I have to be, I have to pray to become willing to become willing, you know. Uh, It doesn't come easy, you know. And when I took that step, they, you know, Gave God my life, my, you know, will and my, you know, everything. It says you will do as God wants. And I do do as God wants. Eventually. (laughs) I have to beat my head against the wall a few times until I walk down a few steps and find the gate. And it's real easy to open the door. But I have to beat my head. I'm stubborn, pig-headed. Narrow-minded. Did I need Kelvin all that? <laughs> but I am very, very much this way. I like my own way. And um, God says, you will do it this way. And I said, oh, no, I won't. I'll try it my way first. And I don't succeed, and I make it worse. And then I eventually get down on my knees and say, okay, I will do anything to get rid of this hurt. And it hasn't been easy. And don't kid yourselves, because it ain't good English. But it isn't. It isn't easy. And sometimes I go to my meetings crying, and they say, whoever told you it was, you know, whoever said it was going to be easy. You're fighting to be unique, to be your own person. And the world doesn't accept that. So no one told me it was going to be easy. And I've had a lot of heartache, had a lot of crying, had a lot of screaming at God, shaking my fist. I heard someone say last night, shaking their fist at God, daring them to strike them down dead. Yeah, I I did that. 
I'm glad he's chosen to keep me alive. I'm glad I have the opportunity to do this. You know, I don't know if any one of you got anything out of what I said. But if you have an Alateen at home or just a teenager who doesn't go to meetings and they say they hate you and they say they don't like you and they don't want to be there and they don't love you and they wish you were dead, just remember they're sick too. And they were just as sick or sicker than you were. Because they're doing all this insanity without the drinking. You guys have an excuse. I was crazy without the booze. Good, good. <laughs> but um, please don't ever say my child doesn't love me. Because they do. All they do is need some firm hands to beat down the wall so they can say it. I love my parents dearly. And I love all you people here. I'd like to leave you with one poem that says, God, God grant us hope and faith and love. Hope for the world grown cynically cold. Hunger for the power and greedy for gold. Faith to believe when within and without there's a nameless fear in the world of doubt. Love is that love that is bigger than race or creed to cover the world and fulfill each need. God grant these God grant these gifts of faith, hope, and love, three things this world has so little of. For only these gifts from our Father above can turn man's sin from hatred to love. Thank you. And for years I thought the only person I was ever hurting was myself. God, how sick we are, were and are, I guess. Um, one announcement. We're going to take a break of about 10 or 15 minutes, and then we're going to have an open spiritual meeting, a call-up meeting. There will also be an Alateen meeting at the Fort Casper Room for about an hour, Jerry, an hour or whatever. We'll break here probably uh, at 12 or 12.30, depending on how long you people want to stay. I, I would like to take and do one thing, if I may, before we break right now. I want to thank all of you for attending our conference. It was a very beautiful conference, very successful. And for the committees that worked with me in, in, in getting together on this, it, it just worked beautiful. It's the smoothest thing I've ever been a part of in my entire life, and I thank all of you. We'll take a 10-minute break, and then we'll start again. Yes, what? Yes, Paul. Paul said he wanted uh, me to mention to thank all of you for the raffle tickets. He got into your pockets pretty hard. I'm an alcoholic. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellow...